Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting because I'm finally back in Jerusalem. So broadcasting from Jerusalem, Shalom and welcome, and Shalom and welcome to the Pardes Institute, and that means Shalom and welcome to Rabbi Mike Foyer. Rabbi Mike, Shalom and welcome. Oh, Shalom, Ishai. It's good to see you back. It's great to be back. It's uh, the Shabbat of uh, Parshat Tetzaveh, and that means it's also the Shabbat before Purim this year. Shabbat Zachor. Shabbat Zachor. That means there's a big mitzvah to hear the Torah portion of the about Amalek. Like, don't forget. Don't forget. forget. Don't forget to wipe it out. Don't forget to forget. Don't forget to wipe your memory. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, don't forget to log out. And so. Um, Note to self. Don't remember. That's right. It's like, me, 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 what was that show movie called? Memento? It's Mo- like, what, 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 they showed the whole thing backwards? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Remember to forget. Yes. Remember to forget. Is that a good name for the show? Remember to forget? Yeah, I, like I that. think so. Yeah. I like that. Remember to forget. Uh, anyway. So so it's a big it's a big weekend coming up and we we got a big next week we got to get ready to party hard next week. I'm which, ready. Yeah, you got to be ready. Well, I'm an otter baby. I just had my birthday. I'm feeling like the power of the mazel, as it were flowing through me more and more every day. A little nervous actually what's going to happen in class this afternoon. Okay. <laughs> just I'm on that much on edge. Okay. I want to I want to first wish you a big happy birthday. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I heard you went on a, a tour with your family. Unbelievable Eretz right now is is showing its colors like ah. you cannot even imagine. I got to make a plan. I have to make a plan it's, to take the kids. Uh, jaw dropping. I've been here now for 19 years. Yeah. And I've never seen the Jordan Valley and it's only like just begun. Right, it's only yes. just begun. Yes, it, 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 it looked so, like Scotland. It looked like it looked like I don't. It was that rich. I don't know. So, what. so the land is very, very flowering right now. Very flourishing. Today is one of these clear blue days. We haven't had so many of these. What, what Mark and I call yellow ball. Uh, <laughs> we just call it yellow ball. You like yellow balls when you look in the Google weather and it just has a yeah. picture of a yellow ball. So it's like it's a yellow ball day out there. Just still cooler than than summertime a tad. Um, and everything seems like really, really wondrous and wonderful. It's that spring has sprung feeling. Spring has sprung after, but after a satisfying yes. winter, uh, you can feel good about. It. That's it. That's it. You can feel good about right. the sunshine today. Right. Right. Because because it was a real, real winter, and everything is just like swimmingly. You know that expression in America, "lucky uh, in love, unlucky in cards," something like that. Something like that. Which just means to say, like, look, you got to take your blessings, but there's going to be you other can't things. Have it all. You can't have it all. And so the land is flourishing, and the people seem jovial and alive, and, and the nation's growing and, and, and procreating and, uh, and, and being fruitful and multiplying, and there's economics. Politically speaking, country is yet again on edge uh, after, after yet again a third election. Uh, there's an important intersection there. Right. I mean, part of it, I remember we, we voted and then left on this teal, and I'm... I actually said to, to Karen, to my wife, as we're heading out, I said, I wonder what percentage of people like cast their vote and then just head out for Bilui, for like recreation yeah. right now. Yeah. And whether you could so do a cross-section of who voted for who and what did you do right after you voted? Because remember, like, even though it was a vacation day, I mean, the essential services were all functioning, the buses were running. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people that had to go to work. Sure, but, and the, but, but a lot of the nation went out. Huge, went out. I'm telling you, huge And you know how they percentage. measure it. You know how they measure it. They measure it with the, uh, on the news of the day of the elections. They talk about how much money was exchanged. Yes. And it was, uh, I, I, I don't want to... it was astronomical. It was something like 600 million shekel. Which, a good chunk of which was mine, by the way. I don't <laughs> want you to know that. Um, but my point was, is I had this sense of, of bracha, of blessing. Right. Like, we were on top of the chermon. And there are literally, like, like a hundred Indonesian tourists singing 
hymns in their native language, Indonesian presumably, I don't really know. Um, I'm kidding, my kids were asking me like, what's going on? And the place is booming. Am Yisrael is, yeah. is like enjoying on that level. You feel this sense of Kodesh Baruch saying, I just want to give you. Right. I just want to give you. Right. And yet, right now, we lack the kelim to really receive the big bracha. You know what? Let me just let me just throw out. I think you you think it was you on the show, or maybe somebody else who told me some months ago that when the government's a deadlock, the libertarians are like, "This is great. Yeah. This, this proves that you see we need less of a big government, less of an activist government, and and more power to the people, and less power to the government." And so maybe that 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 in part is what happened. Um, Listen, at the same time, there are some big opportunities. What right. I meant was that. I'm definitely not interested in government for government's sake. I'm much more on the libertarian side in that sense. Mm-hmm. But we as a people have much more to do than manage our daily affairs or our economic affairs or our political affairs. We have a mission. Right. And But maybe that mission keeps going. It, for sure. No, I'm not saying the mission yeah. doesn't stop. But my point is, is that the ideal is that the malchut, the government, is meant to be a vessel for being able to do that mission writ large. If if it's a malchut, it is. If if it's in malchut mode, it, it's always a malchut. It can be a malchut bikulau bikuna. No, it's always a malchut. There's if a, if the malchut is weak, then it's then, then it's, it's a kula and it's not doing the mission, and it can actually come out poorly. You've read the Bible. Yeah, but I'm saying there are times where uh, the government is weak, but the people are doing their thing. They keep going, and here in Israel, since the the government and the state has a kind of secular tone to it then the people underneath are, are growing and learning and connecting with the land and doing their stuff. Anyway, I got to tell you, I had, a, I had a humongous, unbelievable, crazy week. Uh, since my last show, I had a, a big event Thursday night in, uh, at CPAC that I ran, and it had uh, two important congressmen, uh, Congressman Biggs, Congressman Mark Meadows. Uh, they both spoke about the rights of Jews in Judea and Samaria. Friday morning, I spoke on the big stage at CPAC in front of like 10,000 people and maybe Whoa. 20 million watching. Uh, so, so I was on the big stage there. Uh, then we had a Shabbaton at CPAC for the Young Jewish Conservatives. And then from there on Sunday, a Saturday night, I went to uh, an OU cigar party, okay, and met <laughs> important folks and all that. And then, and then Sunday morning, went to APAC, saw all the Jews there and all the action there, heard all the two-state crap that they try to feed you over there, and yet was awed, as usual, by the great conglomeration of pro-Israel Jews that gather down in Washington. Uh, then I flew home. Uh, knackered, as we say, uh, <laughs> on the uh, you know on the, in the British uh, Isles, the British Isles, and and yet came home, voted, uh, went to yoga because I wanted to stretch out my back, which which actually ended up tightening my back up. But then next morning went to a, a meeting at the Yesha Council about a summertime event, and then went to I twenty four TV to an- help analyze down in Jaffa to help analyze the the election results. Just sounds brutal. And came home last night, and, and, and here I am with you today. Uh, and also last night, like, went to, f- fell asleep at like 8, woke up at, at about 11. Oh, no. And, and, and re- read the Megillah for two hours in preparation of the show with you today. So it's been, it's been quite harrowing, and I still have video to edit, monies to pay, contacts to, to uh, log, what do you call it, uh, file, input. whatever it is, input, yeah, some data input. So... Lots of stuff, still a lot of monies that I have to deal with in and out and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, bottom line is it's been it's been very, very uh it's it's been it's been very, very alive. And it ain't um, over yet. It ain't over yet, Bakhlal. 
And we got to come into Purim. We got to come into Purim. And the government seemed at first that it was a, a, a great victory for, for Prime Minister Netanyahu. It still was a great victory for Prime Minister Netanyahu. I mean, considering everything he's got stacked against him, it's a pretty impressive showing. We're, we're talking about 59, let's say, on the average. It might be 58. It, it might be 60. 60 right. We'll see. But let's say 59 seats out of 120 are not just... Uh, are not 59 seats were for Netanyahu and partners that were bemutar with with uh, uh, announced um, coalition pre coalition for no, Netanyahu. No, because 59 includes Lieberman. No, it does not. Yes, it does. No, it certainly does not. It certainly does not. If it included Lieberman, it would be 60. We'd be the done deal a long time what? ago. What? No, 59 is uh, 59 is the minus Nita- Lieberman. Not including Lieberman, 100. Ah, percent I've been misreading no, these no, numbers. No, 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 no. 59 is 59 is Likud, Likud Shas, Shas Yaduta Torah, and uh, Yamina. And Yamina. That's it. That's that's the people who came into this election saying we will be with Netanyahu. That's half the nation without if ands or buts stood behind Netanyahu. The rest of the parties, they're not one. It's not like it's one. Everybody everybody stood behind uh No, no. Uh, well, I'll tell you what they stood behind. They, not, not Netanyahu. Netanyahu. <laughs> right, not Netanyahu. Not Netanyahu. That's it. Right. They yeah. they stood behind that. But first thing you had a huge turnout for the Arab vote, yep. which is in itself a, a, a an issue to deal with and to contemplate. This is an important moment, in yeah. my opinion, in Israeli politics. Certainly, certainly. In, in many ways, I feel like what's on the table right now is: Do we envision the Zionism as the as the movement for the self determination of Am Yisrael or not anymore? Right. It is I feel like that's what's on. That's why, by the way, if people don't understand why Benny Gantz isn't willing to just do the easy move and take the Arabs into his party, et cetera, although it might not be so easy at this point. But he's been, well, it's not just because he's some racist or an Arab hater, and it's also not just because it'd be bad politics, which it would. It's because he actually is still wedded to this classic Zionist secular notion that the whole purpose here is a self-determination for the Jewish people. Right. And to make that even dependent upon a minority partner in your government undermines the vision without any prejudice toward the Arabs as people or uh, citizens. Wait, 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 let, let, wait, let's, let's kind of unpack that just a tad. If the Arab parties would be like, listen, we stand behind you all the way. We're just a minority in the land, but we support fully. And there were, were minorities like that. For example, Ayub Kara of the Druze, who used to be a minister in the Likud. Sure. He was like, I am with you, Am Israel. I am a Druze. I got my religion, my thing. I'm a minority here, but I want you guys to succeed, and I want you to sweep up us, our minority, up as well in, in the success of it. That is not... Right. what the Arab parties no, uh, stand for at all. They're not saying that at all. Well, it's a competing national narrative at this point. Right. And and these guys have never, ever, not once in Jew- in Israeli history, have joined an Israeli government. Recently, uh, uh, I've been an, invited. I'm an, they've never joined an Israeli government because of their stance. Ayman Uda uh, recently stated on Twitter, you know, where, where all things happen, is that uh, <laughs> is that he said, he said, we're not Israeli Arabs. He said, we're not the Arabs of anybody, he said. Uh, and I understood what he said. He said, listen, I'm not an Israeli Arab. I'm an Arab. I'm an Arab nationalist. I'm more in line with Palestine, although I don't want to live in Palestine because that's not good for my body, right? <laughs> Who would want right. to live there? Right, but but I'm, I stand for the idea of Palestine. I'll take your paycheck. I'll, I'll take your, your buses and your health care and all that, and I'll never want to move to Palestine, but I am a Palestinian because I want to eat you know both cakes, have my cake and eat it too. Uh, and I am fully not, I am saying I do not identify with you Jews, Israeli Zionists, etc." 
Okay, and and, and same thing with uh, with uh, the, on the Palestinian side, saying that this election was all about annexation and racism and blah blah blah. You be, leave the Arabs aside for a minute because it's really, I think, not. It's, let's put it this way: it's not what's of interest to me here. What's of interest to me is is the project that we're engaged in from a political standpoint is the goal the self determination of Am Yisrael or not? Is or is the goal the op, the opposite, which is a a secular nation state so what you mean is serves what you mean is, what you mean is citizens when you have the word jewish and democratic which one tips the scale right 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 and, and what i'm what i'm always saying to people is the term jewish and democratic is is a uh, is a uh what do we call it uh, a, a conflicted thing What's oxymoron an oxymoron within itself it's, it's just i don't it, know if it's intrinsically it cannot an be co-equal there is no way the two two different systems can be called jewish means an ethnicity Okay, means favoring a certain group. Democratic means not favoring a certain group. Well, but this is exactly my point, is that if you look into secular Zionism... Unless you mean Jewish and democratic. Unless what you mean is Japanese and democratic. Meaning to say, we will have a democracy for Jews. Right, but that's what it originally meant, because that was the secular Zionist dream. It was what I think of as Brighton Beach Judaism, which is we're all going to be Jews because we're all Jews. We're all going to live, the bus drive is Jewish, the, the guy who owns the McCullough is Jewish. They say, why? Because we're Jews. It doesn't necessarily have any substantive, certainly not necessarily any mission-oriented. It's just a reality. And that's why, by the way, particularly for secular Zionists, but for most Zionists, the Arabs have always represented the fly in the ointment. It's like, because we're like, whoa, like really? Like all we wanted was to just to like be a bunch of Jews together and be able to not have that conversation you just pointed right, out, right? right? And, and but, but the Arabs, to their credit, have sort of always said, but we're, but we're us. We're, we're not going to be what you want us to be. Or is it? And we've never been able to deal forthrightly with it. Right. I don't know if it's to their credit or not. To me, the choice today is clear. Either go towards disenfranchisement, mm-hmm. which is some kind of move, which says, listen, this is actually a, democra- a democracy for Jews and minorities that are willing to play ball. Mm-hmm. If you're outside of that, based on some kind of loyalty thing, you're out. So it's so like an effort towards recognition that we have to di- disenfranchise the jihadist and, and the other element. Uh, that, that's, that's one path. And the other path is, it's, it's a similar path, but it says it's, it's a little bit more, let's say, positive, which is let's identify the, the pro-Israel Arabs or force more people to be pro-Israel Arabs, okay? Well, you can't force to be, but you could convince. Oh, you could force. Oh, you could plenty force. In many countries, you force things. Force things to be pro? No, you can suppress. No, you, could, you could say, listen, listen, if you, meaning to say what, what I mean by, you're right, what I mean is cajole, meaning to say, but I mean cajole like- You can you force want people to make a decision. Yeah, so you you, you, if you want X, Y, and Z, which we have, you have to do X, Y, and Z. By the way, you want to know where the path forward is and practically speaking what you're talking about? No. Is it, and it speaks also to the heart of the other side of the coin, because remember, the right relies upon a somewhat non-Zionist element in its government as well. You know, you think that, that Yadut Torah sees the secular state of Israel as the embodiment of the self-determination of Am Yisrael? No. I think that they're, in, in, a, shots, they're, they're a question. In, I think they're in a transition zone okay. right now. Uh, you would I, like to I, believe I, so. I, I'm I, not as certain as I you I listen are. to Haredi Radio a lot, and I listen to how they talk, and I see that they are themselves in a process of trying to understand the relationship. They Could, are not quite clear about it Similar, themselves. by the way, to the Arabs, because the, and in both cases, I actually happen to believe that neither of their leadership is serving their people so well in that respect. Um, but my point was to say that, that um, the way forward in, I would say, clarifying 
who's enfranchised. You want to stay away from disenfranchisement. It no, no, you know, strike the ear, ear as well. Yeah, I'm, 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 I know that, and I said it on purpose. I know I'm you like, did. I'm like, I'm like, it's okay. Let's let's start. Like, let's just start. Uh, whatever. We can have that discussion another time. My point is, is that on some level, full citizenship should be related to national service. Meaning, right. you, like, meaning full citizen, by which right. I mean voting. Voting, right. You want to you vote? By the way, that's another interesting thing. Since when, since, and I mean this as a question mark, since when is citizenship equal voting? Necessarily with voting. Also, since when is liberalism the same as enfranchisement of voting? Meaning to say, I want to say, I say to people, Israel's liberal in the sense that it wants to grant liberties. Yes. <clears throat> but I want to give you a it's, bill of rights. It's socially liberal. Right, I want to give you liberties, you know, all the, the classic liberties of freedoms, of speeches, freedom of speech, and et cetera, yeah. uh, but not necessarily voting. I always reference the Puerto Rico uh, system. Which we've spoken about is, is I think, of somewhat use here as a model, but I think we can we could stretch ourselves better. But but I want to finish my, my, my point there is that is I think that the way forward, and the reason I brought up the Haredi world is because there's a challenge there as well. Many, many, much of the Haredi world not only does not participate in national service, not in the army and not yes. in uh, just the general national service options, but, but it, it uses as a political device the sort of uh, energy around refusing that as a symbol of like we haven't sold out to the state. Right. Which there are deep parallels with what happens in the air world. And by the way, I think both of them lose out just on a practical level. Mm-hmm. Chaval, you could do so much within your own community plus the army. Right. But, but I think that there's a model saying if you serve... You vote. Everybody gets those civil liberties you're speaking about. Right, right. Now, it's true that they're going to be a problem with the economics and distribution of resources, but I got news for you. There's a very easy solution for that. Then serve. It's much better than this loyalty oath idea, which I think is, it, it, like, who cares? On some level, there's plenty of people in the world who will swear whatever they want them to swear to. Mm-hmm. But, but to serve. And to then, by the way, the army is the most effective tool still within our country with all of its warts and bumps. And it's also, by the way, the biggest source of consensus within Israeli society as an institution that people trust. So, so meaning, the, 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 if you serve, you vote. I'm not going to fall into the trap of citizenship and all the mm-hmm. mumbo-jumbo around that and the hot-button issues of second-class citizen. No, mm-hmm. let's just talk practically because that makes sense to me. Wait a minute. We're, we're a country that's been at war for 100 years, mm-hmm. right? So, a, and, and, that, and if you don't want to go to war, I understand why a, a, an Arab living in, in Umm al-Fam might not want to go to war since it's likely he's going to feel a sense of kinship with the people we're fighting. I get that. Okay, but you still have to serve. There are other ways to serve. Right. Well, I think I think I think a service uh, as a natural um, linkage with with voting makes sense. As a prerequisite, I'm saying. A prerequisite that that I think that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, of course, you're going to have a lot of the Haredim and the Arabs are going to protest know, protest that. Sure. But 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 there is one 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 additional factor which can be added into it, which can make it easier, and that is. That national, the, the consciousness of national service, the, the, the machinery of national service in the country, which is, just to explain what that it means, that means all kinds of... Uh, Non-governmental organizations, right. social organizations, right. volunteer organizations. Right, and doing that, uh, and so as, as opposed to the army, could also count towards national service. That's my, what I mean. Right, and my, 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 uh, what, I was, what I used to say is, okay, so let's have everybody serve for two years. Yeah. And everybody comes out with a card. That says, I served. Which is your voting card. Which is your voting card. Which is your voting and card. And if you don't want to do it, we will have institutionalized in law your civil rights, 
You will be able to function economically freely. You'll have a passport that you can travel on. You know what you can't do? You can't make the decisions that set the goral, mm-hmm. that set the fate. Why? Mm-hmm. Because you decided that you didn't want to do that mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And of course, it would have to be adjudicated and there are going to be exceptions and there's going to be the... And, and by the way, I think that the violent politics that would come out of it would be healthy because in the end of the day, yeah, that... I, I think we could rally a lot of our country. So you're saying we can that. homogenize uh, uh, the state around this principle of service. Yeah, homogenize is an interesting word, it's and like, I think it's that's like part you, of it. You, 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 there's a leveling right, of the. Right, there's a certain there's a certain homogenization, which is like, look, this is a state, and yeah. you're Haredi, and I get it, and you've got a different thing, and I'm not asking you to wave the flag, and I'm not asking you to hug Ben Gurion, and I'm not asking you to to sing the anthem even. Yeah. But but there is a, it is a state mechanism, and it has a certain bit and if you want to vote in that state mechanism yeah you want full citizenship you gotta have full buy-in full buy-in okay right. and same thing with the arabs you you can't uh uh you can't just sit there and snipe and snipe and snipe and snipe and that's what they they've really been doing yeah, sure. uh, uh from the beginning of the state and and now with Since a four <laughs> right but i'm saying within the parliamentary system I'm talking oh, yeah. about sniping within yeah, 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 within yeah. israeli democracy oh uh, i think that's changing man I'd be very curious to know whether how much Ayman Uda's claim that there were Jewish a lot of Jewish votes that helped push his numbers up. I'd like to know how true that is. Yeah, I'd like to know that uh, how that how true that is also. And I'd like to also experiment and see if there was an Arab Knesset member slash minister in the Likud who was a pro-Israel Arab. But, but, how how many could he pull but in? This is this is the next stage. Is because suddenly, if you open up this very clear differentiation, there becomes an incentive. For an Arab leadership that says, "Yeah, I'm Israeli," right? That's what the, and, and that's what I'm, I'm what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying I'm not Israeli. And, and actually, you could gather a lot of pol- political power there. What a, by the from way, a subset of the Arab society which has shown itself willing to buy into the society, not because they see themselves as as you know uh, Uncle Tom's or said no, because they're wake up, smell the coffee. This is a successful venture. And I'm going to get out of it what I put into it. Right. And and frankly, in our educational system and our political system, need to start saying very clearly. And I got news for you. You know why this is the one successful venture in the Middle East? Because we're Am Yisrael. And you want to be on on board for that great journey that's going to overturn the world? Great. You don't. We're not going to oppress you because we've learned from that. But we're also not going to enfranchise you to undermine our project. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing we're not willing to talk about right now. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole either you're a victim or a perpetrator. That, that whole false dichotomy. So we feel like we have to fully enfranchise the, these people, even though they'll tell us to our faces that they're going to use that power, not all of them, but enough of them, to... to their, their leadership. Yeah, their leadership. You know, we're going to use that power to undermine you, and we feel like, well, but if we're not the victims here, then we're going to be the perpetrators, and that we're not willing to do. Right. There's another way. There's another right. way. right. You know, and I feel like that's a very specific. It would be nice if there was Arab voices that would come out and 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 also say things like that. True, but I think it's it, it, until we you have to give them that it. safe space, as right. you know well, amongst the people that you speak to um, under the PA, until they have the safe space and the incentive to oh, do that. I mean, if there was any person, if there was any person born ever on the in the Arab world who had the incentive and had the life. And had everything to, to gain by, by standing up for Israel, it was Ayman Uda. Ah, but see, there's the other piece that we're not talking about was he was politicized from a very young age. And and the history, I just did an episode on on the role that the Communist Party has played in the creation of Palestinian nationalism within our country, mm-hmm. which has been from the beginning. 
right. the core, and he's Hadash, if people are probably unaware, his party, Hadash, is not technically an Arab party. Right, it's the communist it's party. The, it is the latest iteration of the, of the Israeli communist party, which is technically Arab Jewish. I mean, there is always a reserved space, which used to be, by the way, there was a reserved space for an Arab member. That was Maki in the old days, though it was, right? Um, it has demographically shifted in that worldview sort of morphed into the Arab world. And it was the inception of our homegrown version of Palestinian nationalism comes straight from the, and so from the Communist Party. So through the politicization that he received from a very young age has allowed him to frame all those reasons of privilege and, and um, safety and his very right to speak the way he does to a country in which anywhere else you throw a stone from our border and you talk like that. <laughs> it ain't gonna end well. We'll just leave it like that. Uh, the only thing is, I I know where he grew up, and and I know the life that he led. Right, we've spoken, yeah. And <laughs> but that's but that proves what I'm saying because there's no other reason other than the politicization. Meaning, you, once you grab someone's consciousness and you force it into a frame, everything looks right to them. Yeah. Yeah, but but it didn't have to go that way in his no, head. No, it didn't. It, well, that's, it, it, that's on us, buddy. We've yeah, failed. Come on, we have you know, failed in our ability. We, if, if, if Rabbi we Mike, educate, Rabbi Mike, Rabbi Mike, I, I hear we, you. What can but, we do? But give me a break a little bit. Like, okay, I hear you. But on the other hand, it really, it, he, he, he's a piece of trash. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He, I don't know the guy personally. No, I do know him personally. You know, I played in that playground with him, and I know exactly where he's from. I know exactly where he lived. And he lived in every single Israeli privilege that could have been given to him. Every single one. The best, happiest, luckiest so, Arab. And he comes from a minority of, of Muslims, a type of Muslim which is persecuted. So and now I'll speak Israel to you as a counselor. Yeah. It makes perfect sense to me then that what he needs to do now is to prove that he owes the Jews nothing. Okay. Because to reclaim his identity, his, his manhood, you want to go there, we get all those his things. Palestinian his, identity. His, to reclaim that, but that sense of, of empowerment, like I'm not beholden to. Right. Because there's a huge narrative out there that's calling him an Uncle Tom. I mean, that's a big part of the backstory of the, of the Israeli Arabs is that they're the ones who, who didn't run away, right? But they're also the ones that are the traitors. They're living on the inside. You know, there's this messy, messy dynamic. I've been doing a lot of research to what's been translated into English. English in the dialogue between the, the the Palestinian the Arabs who stayed in Israel after forty eight and the ones who did not mm-hmm. and and it gets really ugly in there in both ways and so I, I could say that in many ways it makes sense to me that 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 the only way to use all of that advantage is to dismantle the structure that created the privilege to begin with which, which is, is a big twenty first century right, thing which is which is basically a, a fancy way of saying ingrate and it's worse than that it's yeah. also Fool, right? <laughs> I mean, and and, and a, because because like you said, that Palestine that you want to create, you want to live there. Because the first right. thing they'll do is take away all of those privileges right. that you use to dismantle the right. world that we built. Right. So, and 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 they know it too. That's the f- the funniest thing. They know, they know it. it, but they don't. Oh, whenever we just recently, there was a proof of that. You know, what I mean the 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 triangle community. With the, with the, yeah, with the Trump plan, flip, flipped out. They like, were like, "Hey, you guys want to live in Palestine? We're what? happy to just move the border." What? Hell no, hell no. We what? do not want to live in Palestine. <laughs> You know, I, you know. I listen. You know that that Arab psychology. It, it, at the at the end, it's like it's human psychology. The Arabs have their own bent on it. It's for sure. The whole honor shame culture is a big problem with them. But it's also human psychology. It's like everybody wants to have their cake and eat it too. You the know, only no, thing, the nobody only wants th- to own their problems and actually fix it. We as the Jews have just God promised us that this isn't going to end until we get it right, and so we've stuck it out. And so we have a much deeper sense of like, okay, well. I hear you. You have all those good you things. Have, you have, right next to the Arabs, you have another group of people called the Druze. 
and they run a totally different life. Who are and very I, unique people. The, the, I'm not sure that they're, I think the Arabs are the ones who are unique because the, the, the Druze, they basically run a, a simple software in their head, which is called loyalty. And the Arabs, they run a software in their head, which is called jihad. One way or the other, it could be religious or secular jihad. But you realize that the Druze loyalty came into being in response to the Arab jihad. I mean, they were, they were a people that broke away from the Arabs. And the only way that they could find, and they had to flee literally to the highest hilltops. That's why people are probably unaware that you find the Druze on the highest, I was just at the Hermon, right? I was in the Nimrod, the highest Jewish you know, place in land of Israel. Why? Because the Druze are still holding the highest high ground, right? Because right? they had to run away from the Arabs in order to live. And so they realized as a minority amongst the Arabs, their only way to survive was loyalty. Those two came into being together. Well, the Arab thing. I think that it. the Arabs have been conquerors and bullies for a long time. They're the worst. They're conquerors and bullies who got whooped. Right. <laughs> and so and so now they're playing, it, the, the psychology here is like to play the victim in the instead of being what you really are, which is the aggressor, and 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 it's it's thanklessness and it's foolishness, and at the end of the day, it's really quite frustrating. But it's also dumb of us to have given them, uh, as you let's put it this way, I'll put it in your language, to have given them the vote without responsibilities. Yes, that's that was sure. absurd. But that's I'll go back to that point, and that proves true by the way in all sectors of our society. Why is Lieberman? sticking a finger in the eye of a right-wing government for the last three elections because he thinks the same way about the Haredim. He said it was dumb of us to give them the vote without the responsibilities. There's more to it than that. You know, I, I know that, but... He is not such an ideologue. I understand. He's been in bed with can the Haredim you de- his can whole you, life. But can you deny that that is at least the 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 energy he has rallied? No, to, that's, that's what he's rallied. But, but, but that bespeaks something within Israeli society, which, which is a problem as well. Do you well. know they've done they've done research on, on the amount of funding that the state gives to Russian communities as opposed to Haredi communities? And it turns out that the Russian communities have more social welfare needs than the Haredi communities. Okay. Okay. So, okay, they don't go to the army. But in terms of just raw cost to the state, you're immigrants, and, I, and I'm part of those people, but yeah. like, your immigrant class that you, that you get to, to vote for you, you know, you, you make it look like they're the you know, great contributors, the Haredi or the bloodsuckers, but that's just simply not true. On top of it, he himself was, was reliant on these people for a long time, and, and he, 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 turned on his ba- he turned his back on everybody. His problem is one thing. He's a wrecker. He is not a builder. He okay. has no record of building. And there are two kinds of people in this world, builders and wreckers. He, Netanyahu could say whatever you want about him, but he's Do a builder. Do you see once again the parallel to the, to the Arabs of Israel? Do you see again the parallel? It's like, it's like the, this posture of, of wanting something and not having to give in return right. goes together mm-hmm. with people who are never going to build. Right, and in the Haredi world, for all the world of Torah, it's built has has not invested in building the state in the way it could, you know, and and, and but they're building, they're building yeshivas, they're building families, they're building buildings, and they build uh, like economy, you know, their yeah, own. I mean, the Arabs are growing too. I mean, you, yeah. listen, the the uh, this episode I just released says in 1960 there were a quarter of a million Israeli Arabs. Now we're looking at probably a million and a half. I don't mm-hmm. exactly know the number. Mm-hmm. Right, like that's a big joke you've seen it on social media. Right, worst jihad or worst uh, genocide ever. Right. Right? You know, um, the so so there is of course that side of growth, but what lacks here is the invested national vision, mm-hmm. and and I think that it's it's a, a a critical testing ground. Are you willing to put your cards into this national pile? In which case, yes, then we will take the risk of enfranchising you to make decisions in it. Are you not? 
we hold values of civil liberties, we hold values of economic freedom. So therefore, just by virtue of the grace of God, by the way, that puts you in our borders, we'll give you that. But not if you're not willing to buy into the national right. story, then you can't. Well, you know, make you know the rules. In, in order to do what you're what you're what you're recommending here, it, it, it's going to take a big change. Oh yeah, and and the truth is, is that uh, big change. I wouldn't say it's coming, but I would say the the rumblings underneath. What do you call those pre earthquakes? Those tremors. The, trem- the tremors are here. Yeah. And the well, state- I have a question for you. Do you want this government to work out this round, or do you want a fourth of the round? I want it to work out. I want it to fail. Okay. Because this crisis has to get deeper. Right. And that's why I said, in the end of the day, 15, I, I, I appreciate the fact that the Arabs have succeeded in saying, hey, bo- folks, we're not going away. Now, they may not be pleased with the, the response they get, but I think it's important. Stop sleeping, people. Stop pretending. When the Arabs had six votes, 10 votes, we right. could just say, eh, feh, right. who cares? 15. They're the third largest party right now. In the right. Classic. That's right. They're Wake up. That's right. Smell the coffee. That's Whatever right. it is you decide to do. Right. And they're gonna, and they're gonna, their thing is gonna be to just stick a stick in the spokes. That's that's all they're gonna. Yeah. They're they're not gonna they're they're not gonna you know move forward. Although although by the way, interestingly enough, the number one issue that the Israeli Arab voters are asking for is ironically, help, listen to this because because it also fits into the whole story here. The Israeli Arab voters are asking their parties to help w- with the spread of violence in the Arab communities, especially gun violence. Yes. So they want the state to defang their own societies and take away the arms because the arms are turning against them. But that's the proof of the failure of their leaders. Right. Because if their leaders weren't politicized, you know what would happen? I'll tell you exactly what happened. happen. You would have a social justice government between Kaholavan, Shas, the Arabs, and whoever else wanted to join, UTJ. It would be a social justice government. They would fight violence in the Arab communities. They'd work, help the poor, racial issues, and it, it would have no political narrative at all. And that could be a strong government, but it'll never happen. Because right. like you pointed out, the leadership of the Arab world is too politicized right now. Right. Okay, so no, I mean, I mean, what you what you said just now about about wanting the the the, the current government uh, effort to fail is a is a powerful not wanting. I understand, but 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 seeing the advantage of it uh, of of such a thing happening, it's a powerful it's a powerful tale that you're weaving here, um, and quite seasonal. Right, the, there are there are moments in time of you know let's say like 1917 where like. World War Two, World War One was finished, and so the powers got together, and they were trying to reform the world and and create a League of Nations, and and, and to cut up you know old huge empires and to, to cut them down to you know into into its minor parts, and then at the same time the communist revolution, and then the, at the same time a, the birth of the idea of Israel. Like there are these ripe moments in time. Yep. It it may be that that we're entering such a ripe moment. Ripe moments are. Are scary like birth. Oh yeah, like birth is scary, and also great things come out of them, and some crappy things come out of them. For sure, and and that's you exactly it. Takes a step upwards, right? Like 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 the European fake countries that were created here in the Middle East in the, in that era were bad things. Yeah, and okay? they're falling apart all around right, us. Right, they're falling apart because they're fake. Because they're fake. Yeah, they're just fake. They're fake. And and Jordan, the fakest of them all, the <laughs> fakest country of them all, is still around because everybody wants to see it stay up. And which is why we need to just start pushing on that button. We just need to start pushing on no, it. You know, nobody wants that because the America-Israel alliance, I know. it's the American who are, who are all concerned As far about as it. I'm concerned, it would be worth losing that alliance to bring that down. <laughs> well, these, you know, look, again, like, like, like what you're talking about is putting 
uh there's a great hebrew word muskamot uh like 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 social social contracts right into the blender yeah okay and then you hope it comes out a nice milkshake oh yeah but it, it could also come out not as a nice milkshake but but you know what the flip side is i, I mean I, I mean i could dig it i i could hear it wor- at least worship you know? of the status quo yeah. if you really believe that the situation is in its heart not stable right is the equivalent of welding the lid on a pot while leaving it on a boiling stove right eventually what will happen is it will just explode right Right, and and that's what I see around us is that anybody who thinks that like he got he got ad menucha, right? That we finally arrived the nachla menucha in that biblical sense, we've, we've we've achieved either has a very low bar for what Am Yisrael is trying to achieve in the world, or isn't paying attention <laughs> to the situation. We're not there, man, <laughs> and and therefore, by by my eyes, by definition, there's major change coming. I don't worship. The I, I don't know. Quo. I don't know about the word, but definition. I don't know about that. I'm sensitive to word, but definition. But there is a. There is. There I'm is, talking prophetic definition right, okay. of what we've inherited from our forefathers. That the the voice of God that has come through our people for thousands of years. That's what I mean when I say by definition, we ain't there. And yet, on the other hand, we live in an era of great bourgeoisie. That's one of the big barriers. It's a huge barrier. And yet it is nice. It's great. Yeah, I just took a two-day vacation. Right, like, exactly. I'm on. I was driving a massive right, rental but, car. And I don't, you know? I don't mean bourgeoisie in the material sense. I mean it like there are, there's time to contemplate and, life and is enjoy good. life is it's good and, and grow in Torah and go into the Temple Mount, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. So we shall see because, because what, you're, what you're, I wouldn't say, I don't know if advocating is the right word, but, but what you're kind of envisioning here is a uh, not not exactly evolutionary, but but some, more, somewhat revolutionary. A bit more revolutionary. It's between evo- it's between evolution and revolution. Well, I mean, the funny thing is, is if you actually study evolution, there are two models. There's mm-hmm. the classic evolution posed to revolution you're speaking about, which is right. the gradualist. You know, slowly, slowly things change. Right. But the reality of how evolution functions, if you actually look at the the fossil record, is what's called punctuated equilibrium, mm-hmm. which is that periodically there's massive change. Right. Asteroid hits off the Yucatan. And suddenly, all those little gerbils that were scurrying under the rocks are sending rockets to the moon, right? Meaning the, the, that the way in which life actually changes in the evolutionary pattern is okay, lot, lot, slowly, slowly, but boom, yeah. and then everything reorders, like oh, you yourself pointed out. Yeah, maybe maybe caterpillar history, maybe caterpillar to butterfly. It's it's, it's a, called punctuated equilibrium. Right. I mean, if a, a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, it is it is it is dramatic. Yes. It's revolutionary, well, but yet it's, it's part there, of evolution. Well, yes, meaning right. there's one moment at which the expressed form is no longer identifiably connected to what preceded it. Right. But the will that runs through them both is the mm-hmm. same. Mm-hmm. And that's what we as a people have to keep a track of, mm-hmm. is that in the same way that, that our holy ancestors who ran in the fields with David and Melech might not recognize you and I, as soon as we started a conversation, right. we, they would be able to say, unbelievable right we made it that's right <laughs> you know so but that's that right. that thread has to be nurtured and, and there are and stories built. like that there's 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 i think a gemara like that which is the kind of famous gemara where uh where Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu oh. sees Rabbi Akiva, uh, yeah. and he's like, "What are you? What is he doing? You know what I mean? I don't get it. I don't get. What's I don't the get Torah he's teaching? Yeah. And what's Rabbi Akiva say at the end when one say? of his students asks him, like, Rabbi, where did you learn this from?" He says, "It's Torah Moshe Sinai. Right. This is Torah from Moshe at Sinai. Moshe's comforted in that moment because right. he realizes that what he's bringing down is actually too big for him, him to know. Right. Right. And that he, but he can trust the future that he has children like Rabbi Akiva. That's our task. Okay." All right, uh, you know, just just f- for me personally, just having kind of been involved, you were in the center it, of it. Of, yeah, like in in all of these giant 
Jewish, Israel, America, global conversations, including P.S., not the small thing of flying through and back through Corona. Yeah. You know, that, that whole, like, I'll tell you about Corona for a second. Best with lime, so, serve cold. Yeah. <laughs> Corona. Sorry, it's an old joke, but it never you, really You make dies. that joke. We're gonna remind me to talk about it during the part with Malka because there's a Corona Mishloch Manot that's, that's about to come out. Oh, no. Yeah, it's really funny. It's like a Corona beer and a mask and the gloves. Okay? Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so, but like I was, I'm flying in the airplane. On the way there, I really flew with a mask and the whole spiel. Oh, yeah. It's all pictures. Uh, and I thought to myself, oh, this is like bubonic plague. This is like those times in human history where this evil disease spreads throughout and kills thousands. the first exception of the fact that the bubonic plague wiped out half the population of Europe. Coronavirus is not that deadly. Correct. But the feeling. The feeling, yeah. The feeling. I was like, oh, we're not totally in charge of everything. Uh Oh, there's this thing which is also viral. The word virality seems like it has taken... Coronavirus has gone viral. It's almost said like, that. It's almost like it took it took some, an idea from the internet of spreading yeah. really far. It's like, I'll tell you what it looks like to go viral. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, "Oh, we're human. We're little. We're little pip squeak ants." And there's this like weird disease that's spreading throughout. Uh-huh. Uh, also, by the way, another thing about coronavirus. Here's another thing that you can't really say today. Can you say to the Chinese, uh, "Hey, guys"? I'm not saying, I'm not saying that God punished you because of X. I am not saying that. But what I am saying is that God prescribed certain health measures, certain ways of eating, and you should consider them, and you should also consider doing a little bit of tshuva, some human tshuva. Yeah, because okay? if you weren't eating bats, right. this might not have broken out. Right, and, and, if, and if also maybe your behavior wouldn't be so aggressive about the world, about economy, about subduing your own people, all that stuff. I mean, if they hadn't kept the secret and, and tried to like not tell anyone. And all, all, the, all the stuff that yeah. they do. They do a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, they do a lot of a, bad stuff. It's not a good society. Right, it's, it, it, they do a lot of bad stuff in that society, and we've seen the pictures and all this stuff, and it's just like, it's time to eat more normally. And it's time to do a little tshuva and become a little bit more human. Yeah. And like, and like, can it, and Israel, can Israel say such phrases? Israel, a moral compass in this world, right? You know what I mean, ostensibly, right? Will it say, will 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 it say to Iran? Well, will it and can it is are two different questions, right? Will will it say to Iran, Allah is against what you're doing? Will it say to China, you know, you should do a little tshuva here. You should you should think about this. You should do tshuva in your eating. You should you should become a little bit more more come come back down to. Don't be such a middle kingdom. Come down a little bit. I'll tell you one thing is that whether we will or not, I can say that our ability to succeed in doing it is going to demand from us holding ourselves to the highest moral standard. And, and, and there's a lot of work to be done within our own society. Like, yeah. not, that, not that it makes what you're saying untrue. It just means that it's too easy for the world not to listen. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's why God, in addition to all those health measures you're talking about, demanded of us such a high standard of behavior because, yeah, the world needs a moral compass. 42 minutes into the show, it's time to get to a little bit of, of Torah. Uh, we have a... Hey, an, a, I, that hurts. You mean uh, something all, more specifically textual. <laughs> yeah, what I mean to say is let us see if the actual Torah can shine a light on the questions that we're asking. No, no question in my mind. Right? And we have we have a Torah portion of Tetzaveh, which is, uh, it has a lot to do with, with Purim uh, in, in two ways. Really, one is that Moses's name is absent from the whole Torah portion. This is the one Torah portion since the introduction of Moses that Moses's name is absent. True, it's totally absent. In fact, the star of the show ostensibly is Aaron and his sons, and the vestments that are going to be donned upon him, 
and and we really get for the first time if you think about it we really get a kind of image of a human uh in in, in what what was a person supposed to look like we never know what abraham looks like we never know what 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 noah looked like we 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 don't know what really moses looked like we we don't we don't really have any anything tactile to kind of to to kind of feel suddenly we're getting a real image of of this uh of this 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 human being dressed in a godly idea maybe maybe like from it's like the first time a little bit from from like garden of eden it's like remember he dressed them now he's dressing aaron and we get a real picture of that thing and and yet we don't ever know what his face looks like right we know how he's dressed and it's so important what you're saying because these vestments the the shimon begadim the garments of the kohen gadol Right. In many ways, they parallel the construction of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle. There's a lot of discussion around how each element of the tabernacle reflects some sort of aspect of the relationship between God and creation, it's a spiritual truths, etc. It sometimes is missed that the eight garments of the Kohen Gadol function in the same way. And what's most important is this is what a Kohen looks like. Well, I got news for you. Who are meant to be the Kohanim of the world before the giving of the Ten Commandments. God said it very expressly. You will be for me a kingdom of kohanim, of priests. So there's something in each of these begotten, as you say, that show us how Am Yisrael should look in the world. Right. Right. This is how a mensch, to go back to the right. truth, this is how a mensch is supposed to right. look in the world. A mensch is a very interesting word because it's a very important kind of Jewish word. And it really means a man. Yep. And a, you know, it really means like a, like a, like a, like a mensch, like a person. But, like, but when you say be a mensch, what are right. you saying? I said it to my son uh, on this trip more than once. Right? Uh, it means like, yeah, you could be the animal side of what it is to be a human being, the biological side. Right. But you could also be a mensch. You could be right. that which you're capable of being. Right. Which is this moment, like you're saying. Right. This is all built up to this moment. Now Aaron's going to take these the, the, vestments and he's going to go in the most inner place and connect heaven and earth. Right. But only with that capacity can you connect heaven and earth. We also have two. So we have the vestments. We also have two vessels. Uh, one is the, and it's interesting that the, the it's bookmarked, bookended, excuse me, yep. on the, uh, the Torah portion with the menorah in the beginning. And it's the f- fine uh, 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 refined oil that that is to be lit in the morning, uh, and then and then at the end it's the golden incense altar. The golden incense altar with the crown. I talked about the three crowns last week's show, mm. uh, but it's got this crown, and so you have these uh, really very spiritual ideas. You have the light. It's right. Not even the menorah. It's the light of the menorah. It's yes. the fire of the menorah, and then the 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 incense at the very end. It yeah. bookends this. This human being, as you said, kind of faceless, but on the other hand, with a lot of godly personality. Well, not only the facelessness is 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 indicative of the fact that that by wearing those clothes, you become the Kohen. I mean, it mm-hmm. says expressly one of the ways in which there, there, of course, was the anointing oil, but the anointing oil at a certain point in history gets lost. So, how did the later Kohanim become the head Kohen, the Kohen Gadol? You put the vestments on them, which again is a message: is that this is you want to become a the the priest who connects heaven and earth, you need to put these things on. Why is it bookended by those two particular um, you know, tools of service? Which, which, are, which are the more, which are the more um, they're not the, sac- there is also sacrifices in this week's Torah portion, but the, the bookends are not the sacrificial ones. Correct. They're like, they're more the, they're the, the ones that kind of, 
you get a sense that they'll keep going forever. This yeah. idea, like, you and know. they have an expression elsewhere in our in our practice, right. but they're also the more refined. Right. There's a particular avoda, particular spiritual practice, which is associated with both the menorah and the golden altar, and nothing else, which is hatava. Right. The hatava, the hatava tanerot. I'm not going to translate it right now. The something of the candles, and 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 when you make the incense, you say hedek hetev hetev hedek. Right. You grind it. It's a goodening of it. Right. Now, what does that mean? It's a readying. The lamps, you ready them so that just a spark, right. and, and they'll, burn. they'll burn. Incense, same way. You get it perfectly fine and well mixed so that you just drop one coal, whoo, wow, it, it all comes smoke. out. Right? And you see that that's the avoda of a coin. Just, just a thought for everybody listening. Like The Gemara says that women of Jerusalem would not wear perfume because the scent of, of the ketoret was, was it so enveloped all of Jerusalem that it would like... It would mess it up. You didn't want to put on that perfume. Said goats down in Jericho would sneeze that the smell was so strong, which is one of my favorite images. It's like, it's like you're out in the, the, the guys out in the shepherds out in the pasture, and the goats also going, cha, cha. Oh, they must have just done the incense. That's right. And 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 if you do uh, have a guy in shul that brings the uh, tobacco, and you and you little and snuff. you, you little snuff and, and you do the sneeze in the shul that that remembers that 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 uh, think of yourself as a Jericho goat Jericho goats Jericho goats that's right Jericho goats man um, and and now we got we got we got to get to the uh, Megillat Esther because this is the pre Purim show uh, so we have we have to touch it and I did prepare last night quite a bit so I wanted to to, to sh- touch some points here uh, first thing is that the uh, we talk about the Ketar Malchut we talk about the um, crown of kingship who, who wears the crown of kingship well first vashti is going to be asked to put on the crown of kingship right. uh ostensibly only the crown of kingship right. not anything else but she was to wear it really in the nude to show to show kind of persian uh, greek kind of beauty Re- remembering that the sages say that she is the daughter or perhaps granddaughter i can't remember quite of belshazzar meaning she's the last member of the, Bab- the Babylonian, Babylonian kingdom right. that took that crown away from the Am Yisrael mm-hmm. by right. destroying the temple right. when we were wearing God's crown. And so therefore, there's a very important moment there of trying right. to get her to don that crown in the nude to show the Persian power. Right. And she also, it says uh, in the Rashi, that she forced uh, her maidens, her Jewish maidens, she, she, uh, she, under servitude, she forced them to work naked on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So, so she, in turn, was forced to, to come kind of naked uh, on the Sabbath. The other, the other thing that is mentioned about the crown is the horse. The horse that, that Haman says, let's get it ready for... Uh, f- for whoever for it is the king wants whoever to the honor. Whoever the king wants to honor, which is ostensibly me, right? Because who else would the right. king be thinking of? Right? Says Haman. And, and and that th- and when he says that, the re- the 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 sages say that that Ahasuerus's face changed. He realized that Haman wants the crown. Right. Right. Or would he say? On, and and another take is, did he mean? What did he mean by crown on a horse? Now it turns out that in Persian times, horses did wear these crowns, these kind of crowns. But another way of saying it is. You're calling me a horse. Right. You're saying I'm controlled. And it turns out, if you read the, the text, that Ahasuerus, the king of Persia, is a constantly controlled person. Yeah. He almost makes no decisions on his own. He's constantly being recommended things, and, 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 and he's swayed, and then he makes a, he's upset. They give him another piece Doesn't of advice. every powerful advisor look at the person behind whom they stand really as just a vehicle for their own plans? Isn't I mean, that isn't what that, a wife looks on the I husband? Mean, I was going to yeah. say, I mean, that's a classic <laughs> relationship there too, right? But, but, you know, so, but meaning Haman slips up in that moment right. by revealing 
his deeper relationship as he sees it. Right. Uh, another thing is uh, uh, is the very amazing statement that the sages say is that, do you remember the first laws that came out from Ahasuerus to the kingdom? He said, every man should rule his house right. and speak his own language. language. And the sages say that if it wasn't for the dumbness of the initial laws, the, they saved the Jewish people because people would have accepted the second laws, which were destroy the Jews. Right. People would have bought into it, but they were like, this, this is, is the a, same guy that just told me I'm allowed yeah. to speak my own language in my house. This is a nutty king. Yeah. This is a nutty king. And by the way, I see parallels to that uh, here in Israel with Benny Gantz. I think that Benny Gantz lost the vote in part because he was just a bad communicator. And you thought yeah. to yourself, this is a bumbling fool. He okay? comes across as a bumbling right. fool. And he doesn't have the Rabin stolid silence thing because right. he tries to compete with Bibi on his turf and fails miserably. You can't compete with one of the best communicators of all time no and be a less than moderate communicator. Yeah. Uh, 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 not moderate, uh, uh, medium communicator. Like, right. you know, not but I think he just lacks the integrity to just then be quiet. Right, he doesn't do that. So too in America right now, you've got this uh, Joe Biden. I've watched him a few times now and I've got to tell you something. It's painful. The guy is senile. He's partially senile. For God's sakes, does anybody not see this? The, the guy's senile. And I'm not talking about his opinions. I'm not talking about what he stands no, for. Just he in, is the way he speaks. Right. The, he, does, he doesn't have it. And he's gonna, going up against Trump. What a joke. Who, for all his wackiness, is an effective communicator. I, I, I sat about 30 yards from him uh, as he gave an hour and 20 minute long speech, uh-huh. which was... A tour de force. A tour He's, de force. You, you love him, hate him, agree right. or not. He's an effective communicator. Certainly, certainly an effective. Really, not, not even just everything from off off script right. to on script. Meaning, sometimes it comes across like, "Wait, what just happened?" That was really weird. Yeah, but it works. Yeah, somehow. it works. It works. It works. So, what were we saying just now? That that the the dumbness of laws. Right. Uh, uh, like people don't trust leadership that that says stupid things for sure, which um, opens up a very dangerous vacuum. Don't forget. Is that this is one of the things we face in our country right now? Is that thank God the percentage of voting apparently went up even a little bit more. Yes, you know, but there's that danger that lurks is that people really give it up. It went up a it went up a bunch. You went up a bunch. I know it went up a little. No, it I didn't went look. up. It went up quite a Bro bunch. Hashem. That's such and good news. It was very high voting. It was one of the highest votings ever recorded in Israel's history. Uh, it was a practically seventy percent voting. That's such good and, news. And I mean, America would be jealous of, of of this voting. Yeah, but that's one of the reasons, of course, that the Arab vote came up so high because they got and the out Likud the vote. vote and the Likud and the vote, vote for and the sure. Likud vote. For and sure. what went down was the Tel Aviv vote, right? Because uh, they're the ones that are the only. They're like Ugh, government. This is like maybe not, they were just disappointed me. in their guy. Well, they, you know, maybe uh, they thought yeah. that their guy or their horse wasn't so great. Yeah, at some point um, you you, you got to back a horse. Here's another thing I found yesterday, which I thought was very, very interesting and kind of new to me, just a tad, which was, it said that, that you know, very famously it says that, that, she, w- that she wouldn't reveal uh, her nation, but I found the Rashi, speaking Rashi said, Esther. right, speaking of Esther, and I found the Rashi, the Rashi said that she didn't reveal that she was from royalty, that she was from a royal line. Mm-hmm. That, from, was a, that was a big thing. From the house of Shaul. Right, because had she revealed that, then they would have detained her more and would have been interested more in that marriage. And she, and she couldn't have moved below the radar like she did. Right. She wasn't a threat at all to Ahasuerus. Right. That's right. And she was able to therefore, and they don't, don't miss, of course, that the critical moment for Esther after Mordechai tells her about the decree and she says, oh, I don't know, I can't go before the king without risking my life. And he says, listen, this is the moment. Take it or leave it. And they all fast. It says she's loveshet malchut. Right. 
She, he, she dons royalty. Right. So like in that moment, you have this sense that she's been holding herself back since day one. She didn't tell anyone she's from. Right. But, you know, royalty will out, as they say. I Meaning, like, she wasn't your average. Is that a, is that a, is yeah. that a, is that a phrase? Yeah, yeah, like, you know, you, you, you just... In, in, in the the, the uh, idea being that, you know, all those folk tales about, like, the prince who's kidnapped and, and is, ra- you know, but there's some element of breeding of culture. Maybe even you want to go into the genetics thing. I don't even need to go there. But just the way in which you are mm-hmm. doesn't match the world around you. You have a sense of vision. I have of, met some of, people that are from type of royal lines, and, and, and they bear it. They bear it by out. By the yeah. way, here we are sitting with Petil Tehelet. Right. One of the reasons that, that oh, if we could go so far as say God's reasons, one of the understandings that we have of why a Jew is meant to wear this blue string is because this is the color of royalty. So therefore, even if you're a simple farmer, you know, plowing the fields of the Galil, or you're some guy, I don't know, packing meat right now in the Rehovot or wherever, like, just remember, look down and see, you are royalty. And That's therefore, right. it's not a privilege, like, be egoistic. No, you need to carry yourself as such. It's funny you say this, because I just realized that on the flight over, uh, and, I, and I flew United. For the purposes of Zionism, I left Elal for this trip. And I flew with in order United. to be back here in time to vote. Right. So, uh, so, yeah. so, so I left LA. Good. For you didn't United. go with the formalist Zionism. We right. went to the real one. Right. I went for, <laughs> for voting, uh, and I must say that, that I missed LA very much. Uh, our mutual friend Zev says, you know, it's like that's like home. You know, that's your home. That's your home airline. Latova <laughs> the Mutav. Yeah. No, and I missed it, and I yeah. missed it, and you know, and the only thing was is that on United there was some excellent TV, and I did get to watch on the way there. On the way back, I didn't watch one minute of TV. On the way there, I watched two documentaries. Which were which were quite interesting, really quite interesting documentaries. One about technology, one actually about sports, weirdly enough, but it was about Russians being brought over to Detroit to play. Uh, anyway, whatever. It was interesting about the Russian America thing. Um, royalty, right? Royalty. Speaking of royalty, Haman made himself into a god, according to Rashi. Not that he was wearing the god, a little idol on his chest, little idol. But the reason that Mordechai wouldn't bow to him is because he portrayed himself as a god. And because Jews do bow down, yeah. there's bows of greeting. There's all kinds of bows. But bowing to a king is a reasonable thing, right? It's real power. We but, recognize power. But somebody who makes himself into an idol and into into a, a powerful god. Now, also Rashi mentions famously that at at some point, and this is very just a great backstory, that Haman and and Mordechai were both generals in the army, and at some point, Haman's troops ran out of food. And, and he had to make a deal with Mordechai. And so Mordechai wrote on a shoe that, that forever Haman is, is a servant to Mordechai. Right. So he would show him the shoe. He would show him the shoe, and that would make him kind of crazy. And that's why it says, like, every time I see Mordechai, I go kind of crazy. I've got everything, but it's not worth it to me as long as he's around. Okay, so so let's just talk about two more things, and, and then we're done. Um the Tao Te Ching, which I've I've mentioned a few times, is I think one of the smartest books outside of Torah world. Uh, is is the Tao Te Ching? A lot of wisdom. Lo- lots of awesome, awesome wisdom. Uh, and it says it says something like sometimes you have to make something, allow something to go big, before it can kind of disappear from this world. And I know this is going to sound a little gross, but I think I very much think of a zit. Like sometimes a zit has to get big before it can be popped and then go away. The things it, have to go through their process. Right. Like sometimes they have... But right. And so so sometimes you can't get it at an inception. Oh, by the way, that's what I meant before is that worshiping the status quo is just standing in the way of something which has right. to play itself out. Right. Right. Uh, 
So some things, things have to come to a head, yeah. as they say. Hence so, the zit metaphor. Right, the zit metaphor. Now, now speaking of zits, you get, you, she, she brings Haman, Esther brings Haman into the, into, into, she brings him in. She brings him up. Yeah. She brings him way up. And not only that, the simple reading and also the, the, the sages reading is that she makes Ahasuerus nervous about about Haman. Yeah. Is Haman and Esther a thing? Well, think are about they, it. Are they going to plot against it's getting rid of the king? It's bad enough he's the advisors. Yeah, it's exactly. As soon as he's got the queen on his side, it's right. like there's like a real danger here. Like a, and who and, and Ahasuerus himself is not from a deep lineage. Yeah. He can be. He can be offed. Yeah, he knows the history. Right. So, so he he understands that. And but but the to me the courage of bringing the bad guy close, 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 bringing him really close. Right. You know what I mean. And then. And then frontally attacking him by bringing him very close. That's that's. It's like who was the 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 judge who who stuck the uh, the knife in the Ehud. Ehud. He stuck the knife in right one, in the gut of um of the, the corpulent king there. Yeah, I'm, he's blanking on his name. Yeah, right. But so like you got to come close. Sometimes you got to bring the enemy close. Yeah. No, it's 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 really true that there is a necessity, but that demands both uh, um, an amuna, like a real deep faith. And also a willingness to act. Yeah. You can't balk. When your enemy's far away, you can dither, you can balk, you can twiddle your thumbs and consider your options. Right. You bring in your enemy close, it means there's only going to end one way. Right. The game is on. The game is afoot. Yeah. See that 50-foot high tree over there? Right. One of us is going to be hanging from that right. before this story is right. over. That, that's 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 but, courage. Well, listen, and it's a lot, I think, of what the Purim story needs to teach us now at the risk of sounding even more militant than I did before, is there comes a time in every person's life and in every people's history where you have to make some decisions because they're going to happen whether you make them or not. But what you're pointing out is the way you do that is by a very deep engagement with specifically that which opposes you. Right. That's that's big stuff. That's big stuff. Okay, and this will bring me into to right into the landing of the end here. Um, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, The king, excuse me, Haman comes into his house after having the um the first banquet uh, no after the 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 right the first banquet um wait wait, wait when did they say napoleon they tell him oh no, it's after he he rides right. Mordechai he, around he on rides the horse Mordechai on the horse right before he, the first banquet right he so he he rides Mordechai on the horse. Before the first banquet. And he comes back and he gathers Zeresh and all his no, advisors. Before the, no, no, it's after the first banquet. The banquets happen back to back. Oh, they happen back to back? Okay. He so, rides Mordecai around on the horse. He comes back, gathers his advisors and says, Colze eneno shoveli. It's not worth it to me. And there's the first banquet. No, then but the then second. they say they say hang him, right? They say prepare to hang him. Right. Th- then he goes, all right. All right, wait a second. I got a little bit confused. So, so... So anyway, he. I just want to say I could be wrong. <laughs> it's okay. the 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 bottom line is this: he he comes into his family. Haman comes to his family, and he's like, "Whoa, things are starting to go back. I look like I'm the one who's riding. I, I was supposed to be on top of the horse. I'm actually the guy before the horse. Uh, uh, Mordechai is beloved. I'm I'm starting to fade here. Yep. The 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 Medrash says that the that his daughter threw the bucket. On his feces head. on his head, and she herself then threw herself from the window. Things are starting. To, things are starting to turn Go the downhill. other way. His family says to him, "If from the seed of 
uh, the Jews is Mordechai. You can't stop it. You will surely fall before him. Right. Right. Now the I say this everywhere, but every year. But the Al Sheikh writes an explanation on this, which is unbelievable. He says, No, 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 no. They gave him real advice. They didn't just say, Oh, you're you're done for. They gave him real advice. He says, Mordechai, Yehudi Asher." If indeed he is Mordechai, he's from the Jews' seed, there's a way to defeat him. How? Just bow down. Say you're sorry. Mm. Go for the embrace. Right. Say that you're a friend. Say there was a misunderstanding. Because then he won't, go, he won't go all the way with it. Right, because the Jews are weak on this point. Yeah. They, if, you, if you're starting to fall before him, just apologize. Well, you know, that's all the way back to the Tanakh. Malachi Rachamimim. Right. Right, they're and, merciful and, kings. They'll let you and go. And that's how our, says the Amalekites, that's how our forefather Agag made Survived. it. Yeah, he's like, come on. We could do it better. You know, you're right. You win. The war's over. The war's over. You I know lost. I mean? <laughs> Let's come to a detente. You know, only enemies can make peace. You know what I mean? The strong, the brave make peace. You know that business? And so, and so the advice is, no, 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 no. Suck up. Suck up and embrace the Jew. Don't go tight. Don't go hard. Say, I didn't know. Say, I was only following orders. Ooh. You know what I mean? Say, say, say right. You could say stuff. You know, say what whatever I mean? you need to. You don't say, don't say Heil Hitler all the way. Right. Just be like, oh gosh, that Side guy was crazy. I, was I didn't know. Yeah, I don't know what, what seized me. I don't and know we'll what let happened. it go. Right, we'll let it go because the Jews are soft like that. And indeed, that's what he does. He apologizes at that moment. He says, "I was misunderstood." He falls on the bed. He's all apologetic. Right. Right. But no. But they don't let up this time. Esther doesn't. Right, Esther doesn't. And in the end, they even hang his, after the 10 sons are killed, they still hang him. They've gone like hardcore. What did you say before? Militant. Yeah. The Jews went militant on Purim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right? It is so, the militant holiday. Wait, so so that, that that's the tricky that's the tricky way to, to defeat the Jews. And then, then I wanted to connect it to something, and now because of the rush, I forgot. How do we connect that to, to, to the end here? I mean, on some level, it's a call to understand that if you have a desire for Malchut, for this crown, mm-hmm. not for yourself, but for God, let's not forget whose crown it really is, right. that there comes a time at which you need to overcome that very genuine and important aspect within Am Yisrael, because if you're holding your enemy close and they're truly your enemy, mm-hmm. then there's really only one thing to be done. Right. And, and, and in that case, mercy might be the biggest mistake you could make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be, That's how I would bring it in. Have, have a determination, have a determination, a clarity, a clarity of vision, what we always talk about, a clarity of vision. Right, right, because just like you wanted to name the show... Um, remember to forget. Remember to forget. You also have to, you know, like, you know, the sort of like, don't forget to remember. Right? Like, there's a Remember truth. to forget. Well, because what happens is in that moment, we forget about right. all the hard and the evil. We want to move beyond it and let it go and why burden ourselves. But like, just like we have a commandment, to to uh, sort of like, you have to forget to remember, or you have to remember to forget. Sorry, it's also like don't forget to remember. Mm-hmm. That's the tension in Amalek because right. it's written in the Torah. Right, right. Don't forget. That's You're it. supposed to forget. So we're supposed to remember. It's complicated, but the answer in the end of the day is that we and Amalek cannot be in this world together. Mm-hmm. And yet, on Purim. And you're like, this is you drink you a little can. bit. <laughs> okay, well, we didn't get to the depth of Purim. I'm I'm putting out a good Purim show. I want you to listen to it this good. year. I've got going to record it tomorrow. Good. I'm looking forward to that. And that's found at uh, JewishStory.co or here on the Land of Israel Network. The quickest way to find us on Facebook. Facebook is uh, facebook.com forward slash Rav Mike. Uh, and you can email Rabbi Mike at Rav Mike at the Land of Israel.com. 
uh, Ishai at thelandofisrael.com, Ishai Fleischer.com. Easy enough. And we wish you a great and awesome Purim. Mamish, you Uh, should move beyond. That's right, beyond. Have a, have a place where you understand everything and then have a place where you understand nothing. That's right. And, and that's part and of the And when you wake up in the morning, try to remember which was which. <laughs> or don't even bother, right? Yeah. Or don't even bother and just keep going because life is amazing. God is in charge. He's got a great dream. Yes, we got to push it forward, but don't worry. He's, he's still the boss and he's got it going on. I think that's underneath it all. That's, that's one of the great uh, lessons of Purim. Amen. Rabbi Mike, thank you so much for being with me. Happy Shabbat Zachor. Remember to forget this Shabbat Zachor. I won't forget to remember to forget. That's right. <laughs> and we'll be back with uh, Malka Fleischer, of course, the uh, immutable Malka Fleischer. That's that's her radio nickname. Immutable. The immutable. The immutable. Well, I didn't think Malka about that Fleischer. one. The immutable Malka The indefatigable immutable Malka Fleischer. Oh, I would certainly never try to mute Malka. Yeah, that would just that's end what I'm poorly. Saying. That's what I'm saying. It's just, she's immutable, and she's on next here on the Land of Israel Network on the Yishai Fleischer Show. Stay tuned. God bless you. Happy Purim, Rabbi Mike. Shabbat Shalom. Oh, Shabbat Shalom. While we're facing a threat of an endemic disease, we conducted a whole election. Nothing can stop our Jewish democratic state. We want to have a say in the future of the Jewish people that is being written as we speak. We are in the glory days of the Jewish people. And even more glorious days are yet to come because of the strength that the Jewish people showed in this election. Listen to Inside Israel Today with Gil Hoffman, political correspondent for the Jerusalem Post, every week on thelandofisrael.com. Shalom, and welcome back to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting this segment from Judea, and we're in the home of Malka Fleischer. Malka, shalom, and welcome to the show. Hey, Yishai. You're a tad ill. You're I'm a tad. Under- I, I do not believe it is corona-related. No, no, you have a cold. But I have just like a, a cold, although I will tell you, and I guess probably a lot of people out there listening can relate to this, you get like a cold, and it's a cold where you're like... On any other given day, you'd just be like, "Oh, I got a cold," but now you're like, "Oh my god, is this oh, yeah. it? Oh yeah, there was. Is a, this there- it? Is this my moment? Do I have to call? Do I have to call an authority? Do I have to go to a doctor? Do I have to call a hotline? Right. Do you have to be quarantined? Right. Like, is this like a? a, a am I a public health nuisance? Yeah. I I was on the plane on the way back on the way f- on the way to the United States. I was very careful and I wore. Uh, uh, the mask and everything. On the way back, nobody else was wearing a mask. Plus, I was tired, and I just sat so down. So, if everyone up. else jumps off the Brooklyn Bridge, I, are you going to jump too? No, but that's what the, what happened. And I I did wipe the the chair and the and the and the screen and everything with the with the with the alcohol wipes that your wife provided for you so diligently. Correct. I did carefully. That. That's right. I did that, and then. Uh, uh, but at the same time, at the end of the flight, I saw a friend of mine, like an acquaintance of mine, and she was sick. On the plane, she was wearing a mask trying to contain it. Anyway, I was just like, oh. And I said to her, Corona? <laughs> and she was like, I don't, I don't know. See, like that's, that, like, oh, that's a, tiny, a right. tiny bit where I am. Like, right. I, my daughter, yeah. the beautiful Kiai Nahara, Leah Batsion, she had a cold. 
a straight up cold with with throat with snot you know all the regular stuff and i knew that she was going to give me this cold and because she relentlessly breathes on me without any kind of guilt or effort whatsoever so then uh, yeah so then i got this cold but even still niggling in the back of my mind is this like oh my god like i don't know sicknesses are so scary right now yeah well the thing is is that is that uh, and i was talking about this with rabbi mike it's 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 very it's medieval it's medieval and it's right we're actually very blessed you know i mean this coronavirus it's dangerous you know what the real danger (laughs) but the truth is ishai if this had been uh, 50 years ago even yeah. but certainly 150 years ago yeah. then like this would be a very deeply scary yeah. illness yeah but it, but but the illness is having however however while what you said is true in terms of life and death in terms of health in terms of economic health today it's having a tremendous ripples right and it's having ripples on the stock market and yeah. tourism oh my gosh are you kidding today Ishai, i saw so so first of all let's start here in israel here in israel purim is coming right it's a holiday of being together and yeah. and, dr- and drinking Ishai, you're uh, we're writing our names on our cups and no one's allowed to touch right them. right like uh, we're not such a germy not that i'm drinking out of strangers cups or anything like that but right. i wouldn't say i'm like a germy person but now it's like everyone has to i bought a giant bottle of alco gel today yeah i thought about putting it on a table outside the front door of our house and like every time you walk in the house you have right. to like alco gel your hands right but this is like the level that we've gotten to purim is coming and with it like all kinds of festivities israel loves purim <coughs> it's like one of our happiest things and and in israel we're so lucky that we even have two days of purim because we um because we have regular purim and then some cities including especially Yerushalayim have two days of Purim. Right. But now everything is up in the air. Um, there's some big concerts that have been canceled in Tel Aviv, a soccer state cup quarterfinal match between Maccabi Haifa and Hapoel Beersheba and Haifa Wednesday night was canceled. They are, um, the entire Maccabi Tel Aviv basketball team is under quarantine. Oh my God. Because they went to Spain, the country, right? They went to the country of Spain. Cologne, which has an annual Purim parade, drawing thousands of people, canceled. Bang. The cities of Ramat Sharon, Givatayim, Herzliya, Modi'in, Maccabim, Reut, and Carmiel, canceling their Purim events. Whoa. Jerusalem has a, um, a major, major marathon every year. Um, and originally I heard that that event had been canceled. It has like 5,000 runners from abroad. Meaning right. to say there's like tens of thousands of people, including 5,000 runners from abroad. They are considering canceling that race. And that is like millions and millions of shekels. Today, I saw a video on Twitter, which is like my preferred social media platform. Yadua, well known. And I, I couldn't believe this video. It okay. was some like foreign airline. I want to say like a German airline. Yeah. And they were like, listen, the Israeli government is in is imposing more and stricter guidelines on what will happen to people returning from various European countries. Meaning to say that that now, for example, if you go to Italy at all, like if you had a stop over in Italy on your way from America and you come to Israel, you go into two weeks quarantine. You go into two weeks quarantine. 
you come back from Spain. Two weeks quarantine. Two weeks quarantine in your house. Well, there is one. Orga- Self-quarantine. There is one. LL is going to get hard hit. A lot of people are hard hit. But there is one organization that's going to be doing real well. Which? Netflix. Okay. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and the Alcogel Corporation. Right. Like the Dr. Fisher here in Israel. We have this company called Dr. Fisher. Yeah. Which makes a lot of like it does local creation of all these yeah. like shampoos and all these different things. So they make like Alcogel. And I bought like, when's the, what have I ever bought like a giant Never in my life have I bought like yeah. a like a bulk size yeah. alco gel. I think so. we should put a slip and slide outside of our, Ooh, our house that's here. That's funny. A little alco gel slide. Yeah, you have to like just slide your whole body on Ooh, it. I like slip, that. Slip and yeah. slide. And Wait, just... so so you come back from these countries and then you have to go into self-quarantine for two weeks, which on the one hand sounds great. On the other hand, sounds like an absolute nightmare. And people who, you know, have to get to work, kids who have to go to school. It's crazy. Imagine being forcibly kept in your house for two weeks. Like the first two days, you're like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Then the next 12 days, you're just like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Right. <laughs> Maybe. Or, so, or, wait. Or, or you write your book or learn all of Sefer Yetzirah. Or, Ishai, Ishai, or, you're home with three kids. You, I tell you what, I'm going to go sit and learn Sefer Yetzirah. You watch the three children for, for 14 days. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the kids will go. The what? The kids have to stay in quarantine. Whoever is in the house, like it's a crazy, crazy. There's there's thousands of Israelis under quarantine right now, and we're talking about people who haven't even necessarily come into contact with anybody. May, may I ask you a question? These are people who just came home from countries. May I ask you a question? And and I say this. I, I want to. Uh, well, I didn't get to tell you my story. Oh, just can I tell you? Okay. Do you want to ask uh, me the here's question? Here's my first? question. Is it an overreaction or is it proper? That is one of the big questions. Because because my friend Arthur was is 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 uh, is in healthcare. Yeah, and he's truly concerned about about the situation because it is. It turns out that the coronavirus. Look, there's good news and bad news. It's mostly good news. The good news is that like ninety six percent of people are going to be okay. I I read I read the bad that, news is that four like three and a half percent of people are going to die. I read which I, is which I read, is I read that one is, one Israeli patient simply healed and got out right. of the hospital, and that's what they're funny. saying. And they're they're saying, by the way, that like you could have corona. That's why they make you stay in your house for for right. two weeks, right? Right. Like you could have coronavirus and be hunky dory, completely fine. Right. Uh, mommy, but like you're not getting near anybody M- Monica, else because how much is mommy's chicken soup going to? Uh, so I, in principle, believe in chicken soup yeah. as a jewish medicinal secret throughout the ages however i had a bowl of chicken soup yesterday and i was not miraculously healed you had turkey in it but it was chicken based i think that i usually put i usually put two heads of garlic yeah and i got lazy and i put one head of garlic. it wasn't the regular it wasn't the regular chicken i'm gonna have to do it again Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it again. So let's let's just wait. I want to tell you my story. Go ahead, story time. So I saw this this video on Twitter. Can I finish this whole story this time? Go for it. This is, feels like two weeks of quarantine. Can I? Can I? Okay, I'm just kidding. Here's the story. So so there, it's somebody sitting in their seat and they're recording a flight attendant going on the loudspeaker, and she's like, "Listen, Israel has put into place." Um, some much like stricter guidelines about travel. And so if you um, come back, like I think the flight was going to Berlin. Like if you're coming back, when you come back from your trip, it is entirely possible that Israel will send you into two weeks of quarantine. These are Israelis. 
We are now giving everyone the opportunity to disembark this plane and decide right now. Like Israel had just imp- imposed these things like that the same day. And they're like, listen, we're letting you know. We're giving you the opportunity to disembark the plane. And if you have checked luggage, we'll like get it for you. Right. A line of people assembled out the plane. The plane was basically almost empty. Israelis who had bought plane tickets, who had packed their bags, who were on their way somewhere, got off of that plane mm-hmm. and went back into Israel. Mm-hmm. They were like, no, we're not like risking this. And so, that so to me was like, whoa, 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 right? It's one thing to be like, I'm not buying a plane ticket now. Bad idea. It's another thing to be like, abort, abort, abort. Yeah. Like I'm on this flight and get, get me off the flight. Get me off the flight. I was, off, I was with my colleague and buddy, Alex Strayman today. Yeah. And he's got a trip planned in two weeks. He's like, I'm, I don't think I'm going to cancel. He should cancel. That's that's what's he happening. Should cancel. Everybody do. It, it's it's a it's a nice little call thing they call FaceTime that they call Skype, that they call WhatsApp video. Okay, you yeah. got to meet with somebody. That's how we're gonna do it yeah. right now. Yeah, I wonder until this thing Bezrat Hashem blows over. I don't know how long it's gonna take. I hope I hope uh, I hope companies like El Al and stuff uh, who who now after my United flight I feel even more warm and cuddly for for El Al. El Al, I, I miss my El Al. I like I I like I feel sullied. I mean, God bless United. I have no problem. I have Today no qualms with United. Tor- gro- at just, the grocery just, store, they tried to sign me up for the Rami Levy um, credit card, like credit card, and I was like, "But then my husband's not going to get points, right, for the LL card." <laughs> and then I, I just, was just like, "No, like that." And he was just like, "But you get percentages off your purchases." I'm like, "Well, I will sacrifice it then, right, so that Yishai can get good points." On his LL card, uh, yeah, I, um, I, I, I've always had a soft place in my heart for LL, and I've, and I like flying LL, even though it's uh, sometimes more expensive and all that. But it is just, it's just I enjoy LL. But now I'm, I'm worried about that airline. I, I hope they have insurance for the situation, dude. Is, is there oh, insurance for this so kind listen, of situation? So listen, listen. I want to just give you the details. Remember, I was telling you this thing about Germany just now. Yeah. Here's the new rules. Yeah. So we knew about Italy, right? If you're coming back from Italy. You grab, you know, a few pounds of pasta, some marinara, and you sit in your house for 14 days, okay? Foo, wow. And there's there's over 5,000 people. Oh, no, sorry. Gatherings of over 5,000 people are illegal. Can you believe that? It's like, okay, if you come back, this is unbelievable. You should listen to this list. If you come back from France. Right. We Germany. Come, we come from France. We come from France. If you know what that's from. If you know what that's from, you may get some kind of prize. What's that's right. Kind of, Hashtag. We we'll come send from you. Pins. We'll send you one of the pins, the the I Heart Israel's Heartland pins that Yishai made for the CPAC. Yes. Okay. We'll send it to you in the mail. Okay. If you know, if you know, we, and we will before we send it in the mail, we will alcohol gel it. it sickly. You, it, it and will, it will come. I will include an alcohol swab pad, right? there in your package. <laughs> So that, like, dude, Ishai, speaking of which, I know this is all over the place. Yeah. But I ordered some stuff from AliExpress. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who may not know, I don't know what kind of hole you're living in, but AliExpress is a, like, a Chinese website where you can uh, buy, like, sort of cheaper. Some things are a lot cheaper there. Yeah. So for Purim, a lot of times I like to buy these, like, um, like wash off tattoos. You know, you, like, you put them on your hand and then you put water and you peel it off and it, like, stays for a few days. These little tattoos. I like to buy them for Purim and give them out to children as like a cute gift. 
Anyway, so I ordered them from AliExpress already a while ago. So I got a notification that my package was in from China. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to get coronavirus. So I left it there for a few days because I was like, maybe the bugs will die. And then literally no joke. I took alcohol swabs with me to the post office to pick them up. Yeah. I alcohol swabbed the outside of the package. I alcohol swabbed my hands. Then I opened the package and I alcohol swabbed the packaging inside the package. Uh Uh, Like, you know, with the product itself. And that felt a little crazy to me, but also unavoidable at the same time. I was just like, I got to do this. Okay. So wait, back to the list. France, Germany. So there you go with that airplane. And like the plane was empty, dude. Like the people going to Germany didn't go to Germany today. Wow. Spain, Austria, and Switzerland. And obviously China. I don't even know if you can get to Israel from China anymore. They're like... So a lot of people are like, whoa, 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 Israel, what are you doing? <coughs> it turns out that for now, Israel is not going to be quarantining uh, the United States. However, it turns out that, that the coronavirus has hit like New York City, which is code for it's coming to Israel. Like that's another way to say it. it's like, how could you not be quarantining? That should be the flight that they quarantine. I think that they're scared to cut that one off because that's like the last straw kind of thing like if we cut off new york that's like saying that we cut off everything um and but it's already hit westchester it hit rochester or something like that it's hit these like different places my sister who has kids in new york city she like kept her kids home from school so it's going all over the place some people think israel's being a little extreme but uh, israel is a is a country that like does not take its health lightly I think maybe it's a Jewish thing. I don't know. I think that Israel is like, they don't want the kids to get sick. They don't want the grandma to get sick. They like, they want everyone to be healthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in Iran, in the, uh, they got it right in the, uh, in the parliament for some reason. Yeah, like 8% of parliamentarians have, right. have coronavirus now. Okay. Um, Malka, a few emails. Okay. okay. Yishai, I was listening to your recent show where your wife mentioned the bat mitzvah certificate. That Jerusalem sent your daughter because the city keeps records of those born in Jerusalem. Immediately I thought of Psalm 87, 5 and 6. And of Zion it shall be said, this one and that one were born in her. her, And the Most High himself shall establish her. The Lord will record when he registers the peoples, this one was born there. As a non-Jew who deeply loves the one true God of Israel. Wow. It is incredibly exciting to watch his word come to life amongst his people in his land. Yes, it is. I am grateful to you and your wife for taking the time to do your show. I listen wow. to all of them. Many blessings to you. Bless on your blessings on your family, okay. Krista. Thank you, Krista. Nice, huh? That's super nice. I tell you. Wow, blessings back on you, Krista. Yeah. Blessings from from the Holy Land and from Judea and from Jerusalem. Um, this is from Elaine. She says, Shalom Isha, I just finished listening to this week's show. I really appreciate that you put out these shows because you are sharing the truth and beauty of Israel wow. with the world. I had a thought about... Why do you keep saying Israel? I, I don't know, because it's coming from, uh, from people from around the world. I had a thought about coronavirus. Cur- yes. Uh, currently, it appears to be spreading rapidly through Iran. Perhaps Hashem is using, is using uh, this. It seems ironic that this is the season of Purim. May you, gave, may you go from strength to strength. Amen. Blessings from Elaine. All right. Thank you, Elaine. 
Um, I wanted to. There was definitely another. Oh, he, oh is, is this the one? Let's read just a little bit of this one. Yishai Shabbat Shalom. I've been listening to you on and off since our Ruth Sheva days. I've been following you on your podcast and Instagram. The last few episodes, I've been struck by the relationship you share with Malka. You finish each other's sentences, more like we cut each other off, and can correct them, uh, correct each other on Torah, Israel, and family. Listening to you is like having coffee. Uh, with a young couple filled with love and joy. <laughs> you stun me on how American you sound and then how quickly oh. you jump into fluent Hebrew. Also, you sound like fun-loving people sometimes. We do love fun. Yes, I catch what myself... What do you mean sometimes? What does that mean? Sometimes I'm not fun-loving. Sometimes I'm really a grouchy jerk. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just don't want anybody to know that. I catch myself... Well, luckily you didn't say that on the air. Good. We'll cut that out. I catch myself laughing at you with you during the podcast as I could sense how much you both love Hashem... Oh. Torah and Eretz Israel and each other. You are a mitzvah. To all you receive your insights oh. and wisdom. Hebron is blessed to have you as an ambassador and advocate. Wow, 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 wow. wow. Feel free to send emails every day. This is from Mark. Thank all, you, Mark. That was very, very nice in, of you. Is a, wait, a, what's AR? AR, is that Arizona or is that? Oh, no. I'm feeling stupid right now. I think it's right in now. Arkansas. Arkansas. That's exactly what it is, Arkansas. Ah, Arkansas. I think I was, I was in Arkansas. I was in the state you of. Ever Arkansas. heard of something called Texarkana? Yeah, I know Texarkana, but I was I, certainly I was in Texoma, uh, which is the region of Texas you're from. Um, yes, I'm from Texoma. That's right. Arizona sounds so exotic. Arizona's when AZ, right? Okay. What else? Um, let's. This is from Jeff. Hi, Isha. I've listened to you since long ago. I first heard about Matisya from you from a wow. mention you and Malka made on him on Ruth Sheva oh one one day. Take care, my friend, and may you return from DC safe and sound. I pray that one day to visit the mamas and the papas in Hebron. Yes. Amen. I hope you do too. Pray you can be my guide. Aw. Shalom Achi from Jeff. Absolutely, Jeff. Looking forward. What an opportunity. That was awesome. Uh, I also talked about my new shoes, the, the leather brown shoes that I yeah, brought. They're pretty snaz- snazzy. They're cool. And I just saw them in the uh, CPAC. I saw them in the video. You saw them in the video, right? They were standing out. They look good, right? Yeah. Yeah, they look good. Because I could have worn my. Flashy look. I could, right. Because I could have worn my, my kind of dusty yeah, Hebron shoes. Hebron shoes. Uh, this is from which Kat. there's no shame in. No shame in at the all. The dust of of Jerusalem is like a yeah, but I'm it's also sure nice to have the the sheen of uh, of Saks Fifth Avenue. Anyway, <laughs> you got it in Saks Fifth Avenue. Uh, no, the you know the closeout place. The what is Saks Fifth oh, Avenue outlet? outlet yeah. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Still overpriced. So lucky. Yishai, wear your new shoes in the best of health. Also, buy yeah. vitamin C and at least one thousand milligrams a day for you and your whole family. I buy the vitamin C as a present. You have some, don't we? I don't know. Yeah, sure we do. As a prevention against the virus. Try to find a plant-based vitamin C instead of ascorbic acid. Some are made in the UK and Canada instead of China. I bought Rosehips vitamin C in Israel. It will also boost your immune system, but... This phone keeps going black. But it is particularly good against the virus. Buy some barrels of them. I was particularly moved... Buy some what of them? Barrels, like large amounts. Oh, a bunch. A bunch. I was particularly moved... When you said it was good to be in D.C. during the tour portion of Truma to keep the Third Temple in mind, which you said nourished my soul. Wow. I lived and raised my kids in that arrogant, self-important, but deceptively beautiful D.C. area for 25 years. And I'm glad to now live and thrive in, in, Israel, in, in Eretz Israel, in the land of Israel. Uh, what, not Israel? My dream. Israel, my <laughs> dream. That's right. Uh, God keep you well, and may you Amen. be everything. Uh, may you be everything a shaliach must be in these times. Shabbat shalom oh, from Chaya. Wow, okay? thank you, Chaya. That's awesome. Uh, wow, Isha, these are incredible emails. These yes. are all emails you got this week? Uh, yes. Yes, yes. Wow. Yes. And how do people email you if they forgot? Isha at the land of Israel.com. I, I want to I, I keep going. There's even an email here. 
I've got to get to, but but we're going to get through. We're going to read them straight through. Hi, Yishai. I'm a great fan of your podcast with Rabbi Mike Foyer. I listened to your broadcasting out of Washington today. And again, you emphasize dropping you an email, so I will really need your advice. So I will. Excuse me. So I will. I really need your advice on settler view on something. Recently, University in Connecticut canceled their pro-Israel speaker list and exchanged it with, with this organization, Friends of Roots. Never heard of them. Tell me, this organization creates a message that is not true. We, we Jews and Palestinians, are not equally rooted in the land. The Jewish people are rooted there over thousands of years. The Palestinians, who came from different Arab countries, have lived there and might have been rooted over two, three generations, but nothing in comparison to our history there. I also question the talk of, of a certain rabbi. He emphasized how we Jews, or rather settlers specifically, came and occupied the land, didn't even see the Palestinians living, them, living there. For him... Uh, and him, on behalf of others, they didn't exist. I want to write an article in this organization and see it as a dangerous cover. I really appreciate your view on them and how you, as a settler, saw and see the Palestinians. This mm. is uh, from Julia. Okay. Uh, just very quickly, I want to say this very quickly. Um, there, th- when, when, when the Jewish people started coming back to the land of Israel, there were very few Arabs that lived here, and certainly nothing of a nation, certainly nothing of a capital. This was an outlying region uh, controlled uh, in times by Turkey, at other points by Britain, and other points by, by Jordan in certain parts of the land of Israel. Uh, the majority of Arabs, and this is a, there's a very thick and almost impossible, impossibly hard-to-read book called From Time Immemorial, which lays out the following through a lot of data, lays out the following very simple fact. Okay. The majority of Arabs have come here in the last 150 years. The majority of Arabs came here because the Zionists provided job opportunities. That's the fact. Okay? The majority of Arabs are here as, I would say, a type of migrant worker. All right? That does not mean that they're not fr- that they're not totally from here, that they're not from the region, this and that. Or that they're but not they, people, they're that they not don't people. deserve human rights. I'm not saying anything like that, but what I am saying is if you tell me that they have some kind of inalienable inalienable right of self-determination inalienable right of self-determination I say that is false they do not have a right for self-determination they're a conglomeration of people who have come here recently mostly after the Zionists now there were some Arabs here but that does not mean that they had a state here or were were destined to have a state here it means that they were living here as as peasants on the land mostly as, as renters from from Syrian landowners the bottom line is uh, uh, there's nobody, there's no peoples that have the deep connection, the historical connection, the connection that was also recognized as such in the 20s by the international community, and certainly, my friends, not the God-given promise uh, to, to control, to own, control, and, and, uh, and develop this land and, and create God's house on this land. Okay, let me find yet one more. That, am- by the way, is not a settler opinion. Right, that was not a settler opinion. That yeah. is an opinion. Right. Dystopian reference from Laura. She says, the story Malka was referring to is from a Martian chroni- is from the Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury. Never saw the movie, but it was also deeply, but, but uh, well, I was also deeply affected by the story. Are we talking about the one with the library and the glasses? Yes. I yeah, think she was, was referring to it, but, that, but, but I remember that, uh, but I certainly remember that in... Uh, I think it was Twilight a, Zone. a Twilight Zone, but that thank okay. you for that reference. Okay, very good. All right. Oh gosh, there's one more. There's one more email. Oh, th- everybody knew that song. Uh, the, the Cheeseburger in Paradise was was by Jimmy Buffett, 
writes Dan, my good friend Dan from California. And the Day by Day song is from the musical Godspell. So that line in that movie, Gosh, Meet the Parents. Know a lot of stuff. Meet the Parents, Day oh, by Day. Yeah, that was a letdown. I yeah. wish people had not informed us of that. That's okay. Also, my dad and sons. And I will be walking on Masada. Wow! On on uh, a certain date, I know the Hebron. Wait, is it a certain date by which is like basically not going to happen because everyone's going to be in their house from coronavirus? Uh, don't know. That makes me wonder. Also, Pesach is coming. What's going to be? Anyhow, go keep going. In any case, so he asks whether I'm going to be touring in Hebron. I got to get in touch with him. That's my good friend Dan. Dan, God bless you. And wow. Dan's also a donor to wow. the Fleischer. So thank you so much, Dan. So I want to. I want to really yeah, you thank him. Make sure you reach out. I really do appreciate it. One second, Malcolm. I'm getting there. Uh, I'm getting them. Just scrolling back. Oh, here's another. David. David writes. Godspell. Ironic because you're making. Oh, forget it. Anyway, he's, anyway, day by day. All right. That's from from my buddy David. But there, there is a, a important email that's coming. Here we go. Here we go, Malka. Hey, this is from Judah. Hey, guys. Um, great show this week, but there are only two parshiot named after non-Jews. What about Noah? Wasn't he, by definition, of the mitzvot of B'nai Noah, a non-Jew as well? Yes. Keep up the good work. So there you go. Solid. Okay. Uh, Malka, is that the one? No, um, no that's not the one. Because that is important. It could be that the the the, the person. Um, here we go. This is from Tammy. She writes, "Oh, Yishai, you say the best things. Joy is mine. Joy is mine." <laughs> wow, Yishai. <laughs> my, that's what you I wrote. And Tammy got to hang out. I guess I said, "Joy is mine. Joy is mine." She writes my new words. I will. Uh, I always love the Malka part of the podcast when you talked about mana cookies for Shabbat. I thought of. Uh, a cookie my mom made long ago it was a white puffy cookie that pe- melted in your mouth. Ooh. I know uh, if this is, uh, I don't know if this is the same, but here's a recipe I found. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, so You know I love a recipe. That's right. It's from tasteofhome.com. Are you familiar with- I love with Taste of Home. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, we didn't make them fancy like this, just spooned little mounds on cookie sheet. Um. Uh, Tam, right, so so Tammy uh, in Colorado, she says, I would vote for Netanyahu. He's a strong leader, or it seems to me on the other side of the world. Dude, that's like the other thing we didn't talk about. Did you talk about that with Rabbi Mike today on the about show? About what? The election. Oh, we talked about it. We talked about it. We talked about okay, it for good. 40 minutes. Good, and great, because I do not want to talk writes, about it. She writes, I don't know much about the peace plan, but when I saw the map with Palestine areas within the land of Israel, didn't seem so good. Yeah, it didn't seem so good to me neither. It looks like land giveaway. That's what she writes. Thank you, Tammy. Yeah, Tammy. Um, Touche. It's not looking so good to a lot of us either, frankly. That's right. Well, at least that aspect. I mean, we're hoping. We're hoping that there's something that we, there's some good element. Hold on, Malka. So here's the email that I wanted to read to. It's from Suzanne or Susan. I don't know. How do you, is there a way to know? Is it, how do you spell it? Uh, S-U-S-A-N. Susan. Susan. Sure. Hi, Rabbi Fleischer. I listen to you and Reb Mike a lot, but this is the first time I move to respond to you. I'm a Baalas Chuva. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a returnee to, to, uh, to observancy. Having grown up totally secular and ignorant, my mother also grew up in Brooklyn to Russian immigrant parents in the 20s and 30s, totally secular. It was my father who wanted to have a kosher home. So my mother learned a little, and we, and we had a sort of kosher home, two sets of dishes, and another for Pesach, and shopped at the kosher butcher, but knew nothing about hechsherim. You get the picture. So my father thought nothing of bringing bacon into the house occasionally. Aww, what did cute. I know? 
But we were never, interestingly, we were never allowed to have milk on the table with a fleshig meal. Never had a cheeseburger. It's exactly what you said about milk and meat thing being so definitional. My husband and I became Balei Tshuva after we got married. We have, uh, thank God, three married sons. Two wow. of them live in the land of Israel. Wow. And eight grandchildren. Bang. Tfu, tfu, tfu. Oh, man, they should be healthy and well. My husband passed away seven years ago. Uh, but I live in a, in a certain community in New York. And you came to speak to our shul a bunch of years ago, which is how I got on your email list. Call Al Kavod. It's a wonderful listen from Susan. Wow. So I, I, I was talking about you know meat and milk being so uh, right. so such a such a such like a, uh, identifying mark. Right. Of that's a, like that's and it's like weird. But then when when I I explained the 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 issue of the two energies that they can't mix, the energy of milk, which is motherliness, which is Chesed, right. and the energy of meat, which is slaughter, which right. is red, which is not white, which is the opposite. And then, and then suddenly, if you understand that these two energies are are there to be separated, you understand why the Torah says do not cook a kid in its mother's milk because it accentuates to the point of ridiculous how, how these two energies, like how absurd would it be to take milk from a mother and, 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 and boil a kid in it? It's absurd. It's like it's exactly the opposite. Right, it's One the is, energies do not mix. Right, but so the Torah tells you, gives you this example of absurdity in order to say to you, and, and then you see how definitional it, definitional it is for the Jewish people. Well, I really appreciate Susan's story and, and that we talk about this because it actually relates very closely to how I became religious also. Mm-hmm. I was raised in a, a house that was pretty secular um, we definitely did not have two sets of diff- dishes and I grew up eating tons and tons of cheeseburgers and bacon cheeseburgers which wow. are delicious don't do this at ho- don't try this at home okay Give but out. it is very good um, but when I was in law school I, I hung out with I used to be like more of a guy's girl so I used to hang out with this guy named Larry and Larry would eat with me at vegetarian, not not kosher restaurants. He would get like, we, we used to eat burritos. And he would get a vegetarian burrito with sour cream and cheese, right? And then we would go back to his apartment and eat lunch. And he would take out his milk dishes and we would eat it on the milk dishes. <coughs> and I was like, Larry, this is, like I had a whole upbringing behind me, right? And and val- like all kinds of, I guess, issues and, and uh, et cetera with, with Jewish practice. Chips on the shoulder. Yeah, I guess you could say baggage. So Bagage. Bagage. And so Israel. And so I would be like, Larry, this is so dumb, right? Like God does not care what dish you eat your sandwich on. This right. is not like a major value of... Uh, like God has other things that he has to, you know, there's bigger problems in the world than right. what dish you ate on. Right. And, and as you could see, right, Larry himself was an observant Jew, but like to a degree, right? Like he was eating, I w- today as a religious Jew, I would never, ever, ever go eat a vegetarian uh, burrito at some place and put it on my milk dish. I, none of that, none of those things would happen, right? So he was not such a, such a, such a religious, religious Jew. Right. And he was just like, just because you don't understand something doesn't make it stupid. And that, that statement phrase. that he said to me right. was the beginning of a quest for information about what 
it is that God actually does want? And why is the dish thing a thing? And what does God want from a Jew? And why? Why? And uh, and look at me now, right? I'm a religious Jew, married to a religious Jew, living in Judea with three religious kids. With my boys have payas and they wear kippas and they wear tzitzis and like, and it all started really from the question of milk and meat, right? And his and his assertion and his assertion that, that there are reasons for these things, and that just because you don't understand, right. yeah, and, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't seem like a which is a very godly right. statement, which is like you may not understand right. me, and I can only be grateful to Hashem that at that moment when he said that, it like sparked a right a thought in me. Okay, Maka, we got we got to wrap things up, and I want to say thank you to <laughs> I gotta everybody. Get into bed anyway because yeah. my voice is not gonna last much longer. I just want to thank everybody out there for listening, for sending great emails. Uh, they are they are truly moving. So do write an email, yishai at thelandofisrael.com. Much appreciated. <clears throat> That's number one. Number two, check out our sponsors, and our sponsors are our are, are godly sponsors if they're the Hebron Jewish community, hebronfund.org, and the great tours that we give once a week in the English language to Hebron and the Tomb of Rachel and the Tomb of the Fathers and Mothers. Check that out, and of course you can donate there. Uh, our great network is one of our great sponsors, which is the Land of Israel Network, thelandofisrael.com. And we do great work, including building up this uh, this um, farm, well, not capital. What's it called? Center, uh, the 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 home base, the, uh, the 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 kind of studios and the 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 center of of the operation is is at the farm. Uh, that's the Arugot farm, which Ari and Jeremy are building up so beautifully. Uh, so we're doing great things, including this network. So please donate and and listen to our other shows as well. And Tchelet, uh, T-E-K-H-E-L-E-T, that is the true blue Jew, uh, blue string on the tzitzit. It is I an amazing thing. I want to let people know also, it's good that you're promoting them now because Pesach is coming. Right. And it is considered a good thing to buy new clothes for the holidays. Uh, I try to get, especially for Pesach, when you're really trying to get things that are nice and fresh and new, right? Get your clo- you know, clean clothes. So now is a really good time to to gift right. to the to the boys and men in your life. That's right. A nice, beautiful pair of tzitzis. That's right. And uh, finally, yishayfleischer dot com, facebook dot com, facebook dot com forward slash yishayfleischer. I got some new videos for my CPAC event that I put up today. So please check that out. And lots of activity over there. So you know, do your part. Do the thumbs up and the retweeting and the reposting and send it to a friend and do the stuff to get out more light to, to the world, if you think it's light, you know what I mean? I don't want to pre- be presumptuous here. Um, but if you think there's light there, then, then please share it and give, give somebody else the gift of light. Uh, and that's about it. Um, I want to wish everybody happy Purim. Um, healthy, healthy. Ha- happy, healthy Purim. That's right. I want to wish everybody a Fuashlema, including you, Malka Fleischer. Thank you, Amen. Uh, a full recovery. And all the, uh, the, the, the people who've been struck uh, by the coronavirus, etc., uh, just only health, only briut, lots of simcha, lots of separating milk and meat, uh, lots of uh, joy and love, uh, and blessings from the land of blessings. Blessings for a great Purim, and may we see uh, the the you know that that's the hidden revelation in Purim. May we see the revealed revelation uh, in the in the Purim and the Pesach of the of the great Exodus. 
leading to a truly rebuilt third Beit HaMikdash in the land of Israel. We'll figure out the politics. We'll deal with the minorities. We'll, 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 we'll get, we'll, you know, the good minorities will be blessed. The bad ones will be ousted. Uh, uh, kids will get their presents. Uh, mana will come from heaven. Uh, 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 your, your bank accounts will be flush. And all you want to do is learn Torah. All our clothes will look good on us. That's right. They'll, and, and always ironed. It'll be like a nine iron world, you know. And, and, and at the end, really, it'll all be a time where we can get closer to, to, to spirituality, godliness, and understand God on a much deeper level, and the whole world will be as one, only for one reason, not because we're going to be homogenized, but rather we're all going to look up to heaven uh, and the great knowledge that's there. So that's about it. God bless you folks from the land of blessings, which is yes. being blessed as the Jewish people are being ingathered into the land of Israel. M- many, many blessings are coming into this world, including great knowledge. That's it, Maka. Shabbat Shalom Shabbat and Chag Sameach. Feel good. God bless you. Amen. Amen. One who doesn't respect and value his past is not worth the honor of the present and has no right to a future. Well, I promise you that I respect and value the past and I please God would love to see honor in the present. And I know that all of us have a right to the future. I'm Rav Mike Foyer, and this is The Jewish Story. Join Rav Mike Foyer for the best Jewish history podcast, The Jewish Story, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.